0: from the Oklahoma Summit on Access to Justice in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma at the Oklahoma Bar Center. Our guest today is Catherine Altenator.
1: Hi, Catherine Altenator.
0: And we're on the road with Legal Talk Network. And we're back. Thank you so much for joining us on the road. It's a pleasure to be doing this broadcast uh, with my team here from the Legal Talk Network at the Oklahoma Bar Association Building, where I work every day. Today, we're talking about the topic of why civil justice reform matters in Oklahoma, and we're also going to talk a little bit about limited scope services. So, Catherine, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Where do you work? What do you do?
1: Hi, Jim. Really Glad to be here today. Um, I'm the executive director of the Self-Represented Litigation Network, and we are a network of over 2,600 justice system professionals who are interested in reforming the civil justice system in response to the reality today that at least 75% of the people in the state courts are without lawyers. They are self-represented.
0: That's very interesting, Catherine. I'm glad to acquaint listeners with that network that I'm sure some of them are learning about for the first time. Today I did a presentation at the Oklahoma Access to Justice Summit on limited-scope services delivery and how to do that safely and effectively, which dovetails somewhat with what you're talking about. But why don't you tell us first what your presentation was all about?
1: Yeah, so my presentation um, talked about the different components of the civil justice system that we're trying to build out to create an ecosystem that is supportive for the self-represented litigant so the backbone of that is forms and instructions that lay people can understand because they are without lawyers and they need to understand what's going on in court the next piece of that is that you have triage or sorting systems so that we can get litigants the help they need when they need it in a format they can use Now, we use the word help in a very broad way. Help includes full representation, lawyers that represent you from the beginning to the end. It includes social service workers and other allied professionals who help you understand, break down your problem, find solutions, consider your options, one of the really exciting developments in our field these days is something called a legal navigator which we're seeing in more and more jurisdictions and i think oklahoma is one of the states pioneering uh, legal navigators in that triage process if you identify that somebody needs full representation you get them there fast so that they are not on their own stumbling in the courts another part of this process is identifying maybe they just need a little bit of legal assistance and some self-help And that's where unbundling really comes in on the front lines in courts where you have whether it's clerk staff or self-help staff they can only give legal information not advice and so in that process of talking to somebody and assessing their case and diagnosing it they might not be able to figure out they really do need full representation this is another place unbundled lawyers come in if they can refer to unbundled limited scope lawyers that lawyer meets with somebody and says, whoa, you need full representation. This is a case that involves uh, serious, complex legal issues. They can also get them to full representation. So building out this ecosystem where we have a lot of different helpers, people that give plain information, people that give advice, people that give uh, concrete practical options and help. We wanna bring all of those folks together to make it easier for the layperson to to just solve the situations that come up in their life that might have legal solutions.
0: Well, and again, for our listeners, we are using the terms unbundled and limited scope services interchangeably because Catherine and I think they pretty much describe the same thing, but unbundling seemed to be confusing to consumers. So we're trying to come up with a better label for consumers. One thing that was rather sobering in your presentation was your discussion of how people sometimes can read and that they can call all the words in a document, but they really can't interpret what the document means. Could you elaborate on that a little bit more?
1: Sure, Jim, thank you. So there is kind of two arms to literacy research. On one side of it, uh, we look at people's literacy of the words they can read, as you just alluded to. But then there's a whole nother body of literature on functional literacy. It's what do people do with the words they hear or read? And in the court context, whether we're writing a form or the judge is speaking in court, these are actionable communications. We want people to understand for action, whether it's how to comport with an order or for a judge to understand what action to take because he can understand the litigant. And the functional literacy research shows that only about 20% of the population has naturally, and where they are today, the functional literacy skills to interact with even our most basic court forms that for lawyers seem like very basic, simplistic things, but they are almost impossible to, to navigate. So ex- there's a functional literacy scale. It goes from one to five. At one, the skill that you max out on is finding a social security number on a social security card. That is the top level skill and about 20% of our population falls into that category. When we get up to things like filling out a child support affidavit, that would have to be in the top 20% and at level 5. So we see we have a, a whole range of problems in the in the in the middle. However, there's good news to this story is that plain language techniques of writing and editing and communicating can remove the barriers that exist for people that face functional literacy challenges.
0: Well, that's very sobering and, and, and very interesting as well. As you know from sitting in the audience, my topic was delivering limited scope services safely and effectively, where I discussed with Oklahoma lawyers our new District Court Rule 33, which provides that a lawyer can help a pro se litigant by drafting pleadings. They just have to disclose on the pleading that they did so, and there's a procedure to do that, and then it says not entering appearance. And it also applies to maybe helping a litigant in small claims court to organize all their bills together for their repairs or whatever it might be. I think the thing that I was focused on today, and I, I kind of like your reaction to it, is that the lawyer needs to do careful documentation because if you're only with somebody a limited amount of time, you may not remember very well, and also that you need to be very effective, document assembly, checklists, uh, things that really help you uh, limit your time involved. I know that when you were in Alaska, you did limited scope services for a while, and I just wonder what your reaction was to kind of my take on it.
1: Well, uh, your presentation was music to my ears, Jim. <laughs> I was just delighted to hear it. Uh, as you mentioned, I did have a, a limited scope practice, In Alaska, I I set up the self-help center for the court and at that time also worked hard to change the rules and create a limited scope uh, section for the bar association and did a lot of uh, CLEs and training to try and get people to adopt it. However, I thought it was awfully rich of me as a government employee to say to private practice folks who had to keep the lights on, oh, this is a good business model. Trust me, go do this. It's going to work. So after we had gotten the Alaska Court uh, Family Law Self-Help Center in a fairly mature state, I went into private practice and opened an exclusively unbundled practice and served people not only all over the state of Alaska from one location, but also had a good bit of uh, international work with deployed soldiers. So we did it virtually. And the key to success is all business practices. And in my experience, just like yours, having documentation, having forms, having systems, keeping contemporaneous records because efficiency is the name of the game. You're skinning uh, rabbits, not elephants, so to speak. Right. And you have to be uh, ready and know what you're going to do ahead of time.
0: And as you know, I, I started my presentation by saying, I believe in full scope limited services. That's what I spent a lot of my career doing. But it's kind of like the Cadillac, and today not everybody can afford a Cadillac. And so uh, I said some Cadillac dealers are going to have to start selling roller skates, and I got a good chuckle out of the crowd on that, so I appreciated that. But the analogy breaks down because, really, uh, uh, you can probably do uh, 10 roller skates to uh, equal the cost, the fee you'd earn on a Cadillac in in our kind of model because you could still charge a a reasonable but modest fee. I think that's a very important issue, but I'm interested, is your network – I know you're working on helping with governments and simplifying forms and that type of thing, but are you also working with the lawyers on, on the unbundled challenges?
1: Yes. So, the, the SRLN, the organization I'm the executive director of, has a network of over 32 different constituencies. We're working with pretty much anybody who's touching civil justice reform. Our largest population, um, in our, our largest constituency is legal aid lawyers, actually, uh, and because they're trying to reform and modernize their practices uh, to uh, with a skinny budget to, to make things work as best they can. Then we have court lawyers and judges and clerks and administrators. And then the private bar is increasingly coming in, typically when we integrate services across a number of different areas. So so in the self-represented world, we basically divide services into three tiers. The first tier is the one directional stuff. The forms, the instructions, the video, when you're just pushing information, you don't know where it lands, you don't know if people understand it, but at least we've gotten clear information, transparent information out there. The second tier is when we start talking to people and finding out what do they really need and how to customize it. The third tier, which is what we're after is where we get integrated services that are built on the foundation of having good forms, instructions, information, transparency. We've talked to people, we've triaged them, and then we can bring the lawyers together with these self-help folks, And in a number of courts have seen expedited calendars where they've been able to pull off something like 80% of their contested family law cases where we bring volunteer lawyers into the courtroom. We get 100% representation for those cases, but we've teed all that up through a complex system of of triage and using all these other um, resources. And then also talking to the private bar about how profitable. Unbundling can be when you have a strong, free self-help system uh, in your state, because then you're not stuck doing a whole lot of administrative stuff. You can say, go check with the self-help center how to do that. I'm going to do the legal analysis here. They're going to do the help.
0: Well, I think in the state where everybody has increasingly tight budgets, the idea of taking a fee and then spending a third of your time or half of your time doing the uh, routine paperwork doesn't leave enough time maybe for strategy, planning, negotiation, and client counseling. So hopefully we're gonna see the paradigm shift on some of these things where we spend a lot less time with document drafting through modern technology and other techniques, and then have more time to actually meet with our clients, make them happy, and and do the things that we really went to law school to do, the strategy, the planning, uh, the negotiation. So before we close it out today, I have one last question for you. If our listeners would like to follow up, how can they reach you?
1: Thanks, Jim. Yeah, my name is Katherine with a K, K A T H E R I N E, at SRLN.org. And we uh, really welcome inquiries, and uh, people can join our network. Our website, uh, SRLN.org, has uh, hundreds of resources from around the country on all, for all of these constituencies of how they can come to the table and help be part of the solution for. Uh, creating an environment where we have justice for all.
0: And of course, many of our listeners have already listened to my other podcast, The Digital Edge with Sharon Nelson on the Legal Talk Network. And uh, we would encourage you if you've never seen that podcast or listened to that podcast before to uh, refer to it as well. Well, we've reached the end of the road for today's episode. I want to thank our guest for joining us today, Catherine Alternator. We also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard today, please rate us at Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with the Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today,
1: please visit legaltalknetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes.